Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Honor Yoga Foundation Triple Cast. My name is Maria Perella Turco, and I am the founder and chairwoman of Honor Yoga and Honor Yoga Foundation. I'm really excited to be here today, and you're going to see why in a minute. <laughs> I am so excited. But let me tell you a little bit about the Honor Yoga Foundation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit foundation, and our mission is to bring yoga and yoga related programs to those who don't normally have access. So those who have economic, social, physical, or mental diversity challenges, and to really make sure that yoga related programs and services are truly accessible to all those who need it. And I like to say, not just skinny, rich, white girls, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so to put it bluntly, and I'm a blunt person for those of you who who um, who know me and how I how I host our podcast and lead. So I'm really excited to be here today with Delisha because she's someone who is a leader for women, a leader for Black women, and I am astounded at some of the accomplishments that she's made and how inspirational she is. And so, without further ado. Alicia, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Black Woman Chronicles? Yeah, so um, so Delisha was Delisha Sylvester a few weeks ago, recently got married. And so now my last name is changed, Delisha Tapscott. I have been in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, I want to say probably all my life without having the tools to really know exactly what that meant. And so now I, I officially work in that space for a nonprofit in D.C. And in the last couple of years, you know, I had the thought, to kind of revamp and relaunch Black Superwoman Chronicles last year during the pandemic. And so it really came about, I was talking with a friend who owns another business, Daddies with Business. Um, and she was like, look, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And I think, you know, this is what I'm looking to do. And I said, I had this idea years ago. I tried to get it off the ground of having a blog space that was unapologetically Black and for Black women. But I never really got a chance to get it off the ground. And she said, hey, this is the perfect time. This is what they need. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and there's so much going on and we really need those supports. And so that's kind of how Black Civil War and Chronicles was relaunched last year in 2020. And we've been able to really do a lot of great work within that community and, and hopefully be a support system for Black women, not only in the U.S., but also abroad as well. Where abroad are you? Based on our market measures in the, on, on the back end, we've been able to touch the UK, Nigeria, Canada, and a couple other spots in other countries. And so it's been really phenomenal to be able to see that our reach has been able to grow so far. And we're always looking to grow in other markets as well and just kind of continue on the support for Black women, like I said, not only in the United States, but also abroad as well. So Delisha, how do your services in particular touch people's lives and what do they do for people? And more importantly, what do Black women need today and, and how are they being supported successfully or maybe even unsuccessfully from where you're sitting and seeing? We focus on the kind of upliftment of Black women through the arts and culture space. So what that means for us is we promote um, Black women who are artists, painters, writers, all of those things. We have a blog site in which we promote them and their work for others to be able to view what comes from the minds of Black women and have them be able to tell their stories as opposed to folks telling them for them. So that was some one of the reasons why I pushed for starting this brand is because I felt like that was missing from our community. The ability to be able to have a space that was really just 
for us, for us to be able to talk about various topics from what was happening in the world as it relates to police violence, how we weren't being heard on that front, from our job stresses, microaggressions and things like that, and also be able to check ourselves on, on specific topics and talk about things like colorism and things like that. So our, I wouldn't say services, I would say our community provides the opportunity to be able to have honest dialogue and also promote Black women in the arts and culture space. And what I would say is missing or, or where, you know, I feel like there's a need and there's a consistent need is, there, is we must always have spaces for ourselves. We must always have sanctuaries for us to be able to glean to and lean on because it is difficult to be able to walk in a white dominant world where, you know, many spaces are not for us. We have to kind of fit in. I'm in a doctoral program at the University of Dayton and I'm one of four Black women in my cohort. And so it was very important for me to be able to build out a sanctuary space within that cohort. And of course, that stems from the fact that I understand how important sanctuary spaces are to Black women. And I've done that through Black Superwoman Chronicles alongside my team. That's wonderful. You know, I, I know how that feels because, you know, we we started the Diversity Council at the Honorigo Foundation and we we wanted to employ more shades and and sizes at Honor Yoga as teachers. And when we looked around, we didn't have any that we could employ. So we had to develop them. So we started our teacher training scholarship to really create an opportunity for, for people to actually, you know, have the skill set. And, and I think that one of the things that we see a lot, especially in yoga, is that you can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself first. And I love how you, you know, you kind of use this word sanctuary. And so in order to even take advantage of some of the services that are out there or just go forth in the world in a confident way, you need to be able to find those sanctuaries, right? At any moment and any time and any place. And that's not easy to do. And I love that you said that, you know, you're teaching that and you're looking for that. And that's what you're creating in a community is really a sanctuary for people to come to. What is the what is the thing that you think you, your organization has made the biggest impact on? And where would you say that you've helped people the most so you know so far has it been a year now that you've researched this endeavor because you said you kind of took a pause and then you came back to it and so you know maybe even tell us a little bit more of how it's different in the last year than it was previously and is it more impactful yeah, so just give a little bit more background. I had um, owned and operated for about five years an online magazine that catered toward women in business. And so that kind that's kind of where I started uh, in my entrepreneur journey. And I did that for about five years, interviewing everyday folks uh, as well as uh, some celebrities as well and did that. And at some point, I think once we started to really see a lot of the police brutality in the United States, I began to feel like I needed a space to be able to have and create a sanctuary. And that's kind of where the idea of Black Superwoman Chronicles came. I didn't jump on being able to start that. It wasn't the right time. I had a baby, went back to get, you know, my master's and all of that. But I always kept the idea with me. And so to actually see it come to fruition in 2020, to see it be born, essentially, or reborn in this, this new setting of making sure that, you know, I was not only including my voice, but also the voices of other Black women throughout it, as well as in the employment of Black women and also in the Black women that um, share their work on our site and in our 
social media, that was something that was really important and I think has been impactful. The messages that we receive on a daily basis of just like, thank you for posting this post because I needed it because I've been struggling. The honest conversations that we've been able to have about mental health and the idea that, hey, we don't have to do it all. We don't have to be superwoman. Um, and in actuality, we are not superwoman, even though this title has been bestowed upon us to be that. So I think that's one of the things that we've been able to impact is that daily sort of conversation of how can we continue to create dialogue that support Black women and give them a space where they can freely do that. And so that's one of the things that we've never shied away from, never, never gone away from, is that we are for Black women, by Black women, and built from a Black woman through and through. Yeah. Okay. So I know I asked you this question in our interview questions, and I love the answer. I want everybody to hear it. If you could with anything on it, what would it be and why? And you said... Black women are everything. And I love that. And, you know, I could just see, you know, <laughs> that maybe give us a little bit more context, be, you know, behind that, that answer that you gave. And, and you yeah. talk about who you want to inspire in that answer. Yeah. When I think about, you know, this idea and this notion and, and, and folks, I get, I get flack for that sometimes because sometimes folks are like, you know, why, you know, all women. And it's like, yeah, but if you think about, you know, the trajectory of, of, of this country specifically, you think about a lot of spaces being open for non-BIPOC folks. And so it's, it's important to have your own thing. And it doesn't mean that you're sliding another woman because I say Black women are everything. Black women are everything because they are, because I am a Black woman and I know that I am everything. And I want my daughter, who will be a Black woman, to know that as well. And if there are no spaces that showcase that to her, then we have to be the ones to be able to do that work in creating those spaces so that she grows up understanding that she is everything, that she has everything, that she is the culture, she is the movement, she is all of that, and and then adds to the culture because she knows that. And so I really want to continuously inspire Black women and young Black girls to believe in their beauty, to believe in their minds, to believe in what they can accomplish and achieve. If it's if someone had told me, a young girl from Southeast Washington, D.C., that I would ever be sitting in someone's doctorate program, I would have laughed in their face. This wasn't a life that I saw for myself even very early on, even in seeing, you know, aspects of myself in TV shows like A Different World or Living Single or different things like that. I never would have imagined that I would have created something like this, never would have imagined that I would be getting, you know, a, a doctorate in education, never would have imagined that I would be working at a nonprofit and, and trying to create equitable change. These are just things I would not have imagined for myself. And what I want to inspire and create is that a world where Black girls and Black women can dream and can, you know, do the things that they think that would never happen to them. So that's kind of where that Black women are everything came from. That's great. Delisha, what are the things that you're hearing most relevant in terms of the topics that are coming up, you know, in your community of conversation? Or what are the big aha moments that are happening that people are rallying around that you're seeing? What what are the consistent themes, I guess, that you're experiencing in the last year, both positive and or, you know, negative and the work that we still have to, to do or the accomplishments that have been made? 
Yeah, I think that one of the things that stands out is the work that many folks, and not just Black Superwoman Chronicles, but I'm seeing a lot more Black women specifically and, and folks in general talk about mental health and openly, especially mm-hmm. in communities of color. That's a, a huge change that I'm actually happy to, to see happening. As a person who has been to therapy, stopped going to therapy, and then during the pandemic, found a new therapist. It has been something that has kept me going throughout the, th- the pandemic. And the fact that majority of my my circle feels the same way and also has therapists to help guide and coach them and also has exercise and, and yoga and different things like that to help them recenter themselves. I think that's been a positive piece of this pandemic and sort of what we've been seeing is that folks have really leaned in on taking care of themselves as much as possible and the folks around them as much as possible. I think where we still have to do work is what I would call diet equity. That thing where folks are like, yeah, so we we gave money to this thing, we blocked out our profiles, and then what? You know, that that's enough. Now we're good and everyone's happy and we're living in this racial utopia when that's not the case. And so that's some of what we talk about even within, you know, Black Superwoman Chronicles. We, we cover topics like microaggressions that happen in the workplace, in the, in the school systems and things like that. We cover these topics because they happen and we continue the dialogue. And it's not just Black women that follow our account. There are multitude of folks from different cultures that follow us and hopefully learn something as they do. And so I think those are some of the things that I've seen kind of happen during the last year that are really important to kind of name. Yeah, because, you know, we talk about cancer, we talk about heart disease, we don't talk about mental health. And so I really love that you say that because even here at the Honor Yoga Foundation, we have all of these programs that are free, right? Free. (laughs) And we're shocked by how many people don't take advantage of it. And then ultimately it is an education because mental health is something that is, you know, typically kind of swept under the rug. We don't talk about it. It's something that shows weakness, And by talking about it, we're weak. And so I love how, you know, you're kind of tying the whole superwoman theme into mental health, especially. And that's where you're seeing a lot of the conversations happen because you're basically dispelling this, you know, awful misconception that that mental health is something that shouldn't be talked about. And so you're doing two things. You're making it okay to be talked about. And you're also giving resources as to why it could be so good for you. And, And it starts there because we do need to give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves. And I see that being a healer, being in the yoga industry, that we we think that harder, faster self-sacrifice is better. But what that does, it just makes us angry. It doesn't make us useful to others. It, it doesn't, you know, help us educate ourselves and educate the people around us and inspire the people around us. And so I love what you're saying because it is so important. We cannot give from an empty cup. And our mental health is more important than our physical health sometimes because everything great always starts up here in the mind. And we can't do anything great if our our mind isn't fit and healthy. And I I, I, I keep talking about it, (laughs) you know, keep encouraging women, especially black women, to take care of themselves because it all starts there. So talk to me a little bit about the three women, the three people, you, you know, we asked you this question, if you could have dinner with any three people, who would they be and why? You could pick all three, or um, you said Nikki Giovanni and Gwendolyn Brooks and Audre Lorde. Talk to us a little bit about the, you know, why you picked those three and what inspires you. 
Yeah, so I'm a writer at heart. So I've always been, you know, into poetry. That's kind of, I started writing poetry, you know, in elementary school. And I used to write stuff for the girls who wanted to write for the the boys that they were in love with in elementary school. And that's kind of how I started my, you know, whole writing piece. And each of those women inspire me. I use them even to this day. I will quote them in any paper because I believe in bringing in as many Black voices as possible, especially in a system that doesn't always include those voices in them. And so I think having dinner with them, I would learn so much about the world that they lived in, you know, because those the, all three of the women are all older than I am. And so it would be interesting to learn from them how they navigated uh, this world and how they dealt with some of the things they dealt with that happened prior to me. And so I, I thought that each of them would be in inspirational from that front and provide kind of like, again, that that sanctuary space to be able to learn and glean how to move forward where we are currently for myself and then how to teach my daughter to move forward as well. So that's one of the reasons why I picked all three of them, because those are folks that I, I have their books on my bookshelf. I quote them. They they mean a lot to me. Uh, Gwendolyn Brooks has a poem that I, I, I love to, to this day called We Real Cool. And it's one of those poems that stick with me. I, I have Nikki Giovanni in my bio at one of her quotes and Audre Lorde, I'm constantly in papers kind of quoting and going back to some of her work. So um, those are the three that kind of came to my, to my head. Love it. Last question. And it's a two-part question. And I love, I love this answer, but I want to end with this. When you ask your parents what you do for a living, what would they say? And how can our listeners support you to keep doing the work that you're doing, which is so important and so inspiring? Yeah. So in this question, I kind of, is a three word. It's like a loud mouth. One of the things I think my family and friends can both describe me as a loud mouth. I'm, I've always been the one to be like, oh, that doesn't seem right. I've always been the one to kind of stand up in spaces where others kind of are quiet and kind of speak the truth, whether that gets me into trouble or not. You know, and to do this work, you have to have a thick skin. You have to really be about your mission because I've been called everything from from, you know, racial slurs to not so nice words online because I focus on Black women and because I uplift them. And so I use this this loud mouth to do great work because I believe in what I do. And so that's one of the reasons why my parents, if they were describing what it is that I do to someone, they would probably say she's a very militant, loud mouth who you cannot change her thoughts on, on on specific things because she will argue you down about why it is this way. So that's how they would describe. And then to support, I would say just follow, you know, following our profile at BSW Chronicles, definitely, you know, sharing the, the words of encouragement or affirmations and things like that with other Black women that you know, if you are a non Black woman and just kind of getting the word out about what it is that we do, especially as it relates to the art piece, because we are all about making sure that folks have access to have their work shown to as many folks as possible. So we have a lot of great visual artists that share their work on our blog, a lot of great writers that share their work as well. We're looking to work with folks who do, you know, photography and music. And so we're, we're always constantly putting out calls for writers and things like that. So just sharing the word and kind of supporting. We also have a donate button on our website. So we do take donations. I self-fund a lot of the projects that we do. So any little bit always helps. So yeah, that's, that's what I would 
definitely say. Yes. Yeah, so as a founder myself who self-funds the Honorigo Foundation, donate, donate, donate to Delisha and her cause, donate to the Honorigo Foundation because these, you know, these causes are important and they really uplift and give people inspiration. So Delisha, thank you so much for giving us your time today. We're going to send you a humble warrior shirt from the Honorigo Foundation and any listeners who share this with the, their friends and family also have entries to win Humble Warrior t-shirts on social media for every share. So please share our triple cast with Delicia so more people can hear her voice, follow and be involved with her community. And thank you, Delicia, for your time and your love and your dedication. And yes, your loud mouth. Keep going. <laughs> we love you. Um, comments before we say goodbye to our audience today yeah no i really appreciate you all you know communicating with our branding team to kind of get this off the ground excited and thankful for all the work that you do uh, i'm excited to start my own yoga journey uh, i'm actually going to do some yoga with my mother this weekend some healing uh, therapeutic yoga and so really excited to do that and just thankful for you know foundations like yours that do great work Thank you, Delisha. Have an amazing day. The light in us honors the you. Namaste.